0: Previously uncover Up, The Pill Plot. And they said that they were detaining the medication and it was going to go to the FDA.
1: We were never in a position to provide her whatever support she should have had.
2: Honestly, I felt like once Leona was offered up,
3: truthfully, she was met with disdain. So the options were just sit back and and decide that it's over or ask the Supreme Court. Like many other of Larry's uh, ideas, I thought it was totally harebrained.
4: I was thrilled when Clarence Thomas was nominated and then confirmed.
0: Clarence Thomas is young, just 43 years old when George H.W. Bush nominates him to the Supreme Court. He's conservative and a devout Catholic. Having someone like that on the court with a lifetime appointment, Randall Terry sees that this could be an opportunity.
4: We would give out the phone number of Capitol Hill. Every chance I could get, every radio show I was on, and say, call up Capitol Hill and demand that they confirm this nominee, Justice Thomas, to the Supreme Court.
0: And so it happens that in their early morning hours of July 15, 1992, Leona's appeal arrives on Justice Clarence Thomas's desk. Thomas has a few options. He can let the ruling from the appeals court stand on his own. If he goes in that direction, he'd be upholding the Bush administration's ban on the drug. And it would mean that Leona wouldn't get the pills. Or Thomas could grant the appeal, which would give Leona the pills back. Or Thomas could ask the entire court to weigh in and make a decision to review the appeal. For days,
1: the Supreme Court has been grappling with whether a California woman should be allowed to use the abortion drug. And that's exactly what he does. No official word on what's taking so long. But justices may be writing formal opinions
0: on this controversial issue. Everyone seems to know this final appeal is a long shot. Even Leona's lawyer, Simon Heller. I mean, this is the same Supreme Court that handed down the Planned Parenthood v. Casey decision just two weeks earlier, the decision that opens the door for all kinds of new abortion restrictions. It seemed
3: very unlikely that they were going to turn
0: around then and say, "Okay,
3: women of the United States, if you can go to a foreign country and pick up RU-46, that's fine with us. Bring it on home.
0: And yet, there's always that little glimmer of hope. In the first ruling, the district court judge said that this was a lawsuit waiting to happen. So everyone holds their breath and wonders, maybe the Supreme Court justices will come to the same conclusion. On July 17th, two days after the appeal was filed, the Supreme Court returns with a ruling. Leona has only one more day to take the pill.
3: Leona Benton's effort to test the law forbidding importation of the drug failed. Despite successful use by women in Europe and Canada, RU486 is now not likely to be marketed in this country for
5: many years.
0: In a 7-2 vote, The Supreme Court denies Leona's request and rules in favor of the government. The pills will not be returned to Leona. And for now, the federal ban on RU-486 stands.
4: A disappointed Leona Benton now says she will have a surgical abortion, adding, and no one will stop me. Henry Champ, NBC News, Washington.
0: That night, Leona speaks with the Associated Press about the court's decision. She says, It's clear they bowed to political pressure. I would think that they would be embarrassed. I think we had an extremely good case. Leona is left to grapple with the full weight of their defeat. She's still pregnant. She still needs an abortion. And she doesn't have the pills. And her name and face are everywhere.
6: They were camped out in her yard. The calls were coming in from the crazies, too, about we're going to get you and that kind of stuff.
0: And it turns out the courts aren't done with Leona. An anti-abortion group has taken action. They went to court to request legal guardianship of her fetus.
3: This is a standard technique that was used by the anti-choice movement in legal cases. They would often go to court and say, we would like to be appointed as a representative of the unborn fetus, what they would call the unborn child.
0: Simon gets the case dismissed, which is what typically happens in these cases. The point was to rattle, to kick Leona while she was down, and make anyone else who might be in her shoes think twice. And finally, about three weeks after signing on to the pill plot with Larry, Leona is back where it all began, at Women's Choice Clinic in Oakland to get her surgical abortion. And Lindsey and her staff are concerned that anti-abortion activists will try more than a frivolous lawsuit to stop her.
2: We thought there were gonna be 300 people at the door. So thinking that that might be what tomorrow brings, we don't know.
0: We had an all-night vigil. Workers and volunteers assemble to guard the building. They patrol the property until sunrise. I remember standing
2: on the top of the steps and just endlessly checking with the people downstairs with someone out front, just people watching from the windows, watching from the back. We didn't know what was coming at us, but whatever was coming, we were ready.
0: When dawn comes on July 22nd, the clinic is safe. And by the end of the day, Leona Benton is no longer pregnant.
2: Leona Benton received her abortion, and that's what mattered. This woman got her procedure, and no one, no Supreme Court justice, no one denied her the fact that she did not want to be pregnant. But what toll did it take?
0: Larry, back on the East Coast, was having a very different experience. When the Supreme Court's decision finally came down, what was Larry's reaction?
2: I think he felt he'd accomplished something by alerting women. Letting the country know that it was
0: not being allowed to have this RU486. Larry sees this as a win. His goal, the purpose of this whole scheme, wasn't to get one woman the pills to have a medication abortion. It was to challenge the FDA ban to draw attention to the politics of it and the existence of RU-486. If people didn't know about the abortion pill before, they sure did now.
4: People of good faith are desperate to find a way around the impasse. Some of them think the answer may be a pill called RU-486.
0: And Larry has another win coming, because he should be heading to prison for his role in the pill plot, Leona 2. I mean, Larry and Leona have broken several laws, and they did so flagrantly, on camera. A conviction would be super easy, but Simon Heller thinks that timing is a factor here. It's July 1992, an election year. I think it would
3: have been very difficult for the government to charge Leona or anyone else involved with crimes. I think if they had, they would have further dramatized the situation in a way that probably the federal government didn't want to do four or five months before an election.
0: The presidential election is right around the corner, and Bill Clinton is killing it in the polls. He's pulling ahead of George H.W. Bush quickly. On the campaign trail, Clinton's pointing to Bush's policies on abortion saying he's too conservative, and the public seems to be responding. I mean, I can't imagine that Bush would want to draw any more attention to this issue by throwing the book at these two. So, nothing happens. Bush's DOJ doesn't bring any charges. Larry and Leona are saved. So how is it that Larry later lost his Supreme Court case— didn't overturn the ban, and didn't get Leona the pills she wanted, but somehow feels like he's winning? That's because, for Larry, every plan has a backup, and every backup has a fallback. And just when you think he's hanging on the side of a mountain at the end of his rope, you realize he's got a parachute.
6: You have to understand Larry later. He was always very optimistic. Because it turns out, Larry has a whole lot of irons in the
0: fire. The plot to smuggle the pill in from London is just one, and it's not the first. Do everything,
1: you know, because you never know which tactic is going to be the breakthrough.
6: We got into vans, and we drove and drove, and we were saying, where are we going?
1: I love the idea of Larry later as the the Breaking
0: Bad character.
7: We're afraid that, you know, the lab would get blown up.
0: From Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up the Pill Plot. I'm your host, TJ Raphael. On today's show, Chapter 4, Irons in the Fire. Just when you think Larry's run out of options, he calls in the squad. That's next. Stay with us.
5: This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations Knows no bounds. Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: When the Supreme Court rules against Leona and Larry, that chapter of the pill plot comes to an end. But it's merely a chapter. But you see, Larry has a lot of official and unofficial allies, including powerful people like Patricia Ireland, the president of NOW, the national organization for women. Randy Terry would be
1: saying, we're praying for you, Patricia. I didn't realize that if you pray for something bad to happen to your enemies.
0: You see, Larry hasn't been the only one pushing for RU486. In fact, Patricia credits one person for really drawing her focus to the drug.
1: I believe it was probably Eleanor Smeal who brought it to my attention because she was very focused on that. And anyone who knows Ellie Smeal knows that if she gets focused, it's gonna happen.
0: Ellie is the president of the Feminist Majority Foundation, and she's an early champion of RU486. When the Bush administration bans it in 1989,
6: she is outraged. The reason that people aren't mad is they don't know enough about it. I mean, think about that. I believe every woman in this country would be outraged if they knew exactly how difficult they have made this whole process.
0: Patricia and Ellie are in this fight with Larry. They've known him for years.
6: I I met him through this kind of work, and he was an expert in what he did in journalism and all that.
0: They share the same goal, but they're very different.
6: He's a chain smoker, which would get me nervous. (laughs) I just think, why are you smoking, for God's sakes? You're so smart. Patricia and
0: Ellie are Capitol Hill types, policy wonks. They color inside the lines. Larry doesn't.
6: He was doing sensational stunts we were doing the background policy work we were the policy person
1: if we're going to be in this for the long haul there was a legal role there was a practical role
0: so we we made a good team but patricia and ellie they're playing the long game part of the strategy is about applying the right pressure to the right people at the right time but that can take a
1: while Sometimes justice moves very slowly.
0: And Patricia and Ellie are willing to put in the work. They understand there's a process here. There needs to be buy-in from everyone, not just the media. I'm talking about the FDA, Congress, and the drug manufacturer over in Europe. And the future president.
1: The change of administration from George I to Bill Clinton, who was not my dream president, but he certainly made a difference coming into
0: office. When the Supreme Court denies Leona's case, Ellie and Patricia know how to use all the publicity Larry had generated. They help lead a huge get-out-the-vote campaign. They want RU-486 on Clinton's radar. If the Bush administration won't budge on the ban, maybe the
6: new president will. I thought that he would do the right thing. I'll be honest with you. I don't care who the president is. This should be done on the basis of medicine and science.
0: But in reality, that's not how things work, especially when it comes to abortion. It's always a political issue in the United States. So from the moment RU486 was first a glimmer in their eye, Ellie and Patricia know they need to check
6: Every box. We were going to get to the bottom of this, and that's essentially what we do. And they get to work right away.
0: Three years before the stunt with Leona, Ellie and Patricia were already greasing the wheels in Europe. They know the surest way to get RU486 to market in the U.S. is if the company making it says, hey, we'd like to bring this product to America, and submits an application to the FDA. The makers are a pharmaceutical company, so they have all the goods in place. Studies, money, and a manufacturer. They've done this in other places like Great Britain. Why not do it in the U.S.? So Patricia and Ellie fly to Europe to meet with the makers of RU486. They want to persuade them and show them that Americans would welcome this drug. And they bring the receipts.
6: We brought with us 115,000 petitions that individual people had signed saying to, bring, to allow RU486 to come to our country. We brought American scientists with us and women leaders, to see if we could negotiate that they would apply to the FDA. The first stop is the headquarters of
0: Roussel-Uclef in Paris. Roussel-Uclef is the pharmaceutical company where RU486 was developed. That's actually what the RU stands for in RU486, Roussel-Uclef. And they own the patent. Patricia and Ellie and the delegation are ready to go to bat with these bigwigs.
6: And when they meet them... Our surprise was how positive they were. This company that wasn't lobbying
0: to sell its popular drug in the States, the one that won't seem to budge from the sidelines, they're happy to see this U.S. delegation. And Roussel Uclough brings its scientists to the meeting, including the CEO, Dr. Edward Sakiz, who brought RU486 to the market, and was a huge backer of it.
6: Edward Sacchies believed it was a breakthrough in medical science. He wanted it not only to come to the United States, he wanted it to go worldwide. He thought it would save millions of women's lives. We find in him not only a scientist, but a humanitarian. Maybe this is going to be a lot easier than they thought. I mean, here
0: is the CEO of the company that makes RU486 telling them that he wants their abortion pill to go worldwide. But if Rusele Uclef believes in it so much, why haven't they even tried to submit an application to the FDA? What was the problem? Patricia and Ellie find the answer in Germany, where they get a very different reception. That's next.
4: For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.
3: If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you
5: will not find it.
4: In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover-Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now.
6: They picked us up at the airport, and we got into vans, right? And we drove and drove outside of Frankfurt, and we were saying, where are we going? Ellie and Patricia are still on their quest to convince the makers of RU486
0: to bring the drug into the U.S. Their meeting in France had been friendly, but Roussel-Yuclef isn't submitting an application to the FDA. Yet. Something was up. And that something was in
6: Germany, where a man picks them up at the airport. And everybody was sort of cracking jokes about, where are they taking us? Are we in danger? What is going on here? They drive for what feels like forever. And then? All of a sudden, there's all these buildings. And like, uh, say, like a campus. And they all looked alike. And we thought, no, what is this? And we realized this is Hook's AG. This is their headquarters.
0: The American delegation is at Hook's AG. That's Roussel Euclef's parent company. Because while Roussel Euclef might hold the patent, Hookst is the one calling the shots, which is why they've come to
6: Germany. But now that they're here, Ellie is a little freaked out. It was eerie. The name had changed and everything, but it was eerie. And that's because during World War II, this was the campus of
0: IG Farben, a major German conglomerate that manufactured the poison gas that was used at concentration camps during the Holocaust. This is something the anti-abortionists like to bring up in their literature. They say the abortion pill was developed by the same people who made the gas. And you can see why that idea would be deeply troubling. But it's also not true for a few reasons. Hooks didn't develop the abortion pill. Roussel, you cleft it. And Hookst isn't the company that made the gas. It was another company in the conglomerate IG Farben. For what it's worth, IG Farben also included Bayer, the maker of aspirin. So when Ellie and Patricia and their delegation arrived to meet with Hooxt's leadership, they enter this large brick building
6: and are shown into a conference room. Nice big table. There were 10 of us or so, and they brought quite a few people.
0: Spread out on the conference table is a gift from Ellie and the Feminist Majority Foundation that they had sent ahead of their trip. Boxes containing those 115,000 petitions from Americans asking for RU486.
6: They took all these big boxes, and I'm talking really big, and put them in the center of the conference table. I said, let's talk about this. When are you going to stop sending this stuff?
0: Hookst is not having it. I mean, it's this huge multinational drug company, and RU486 is just one part of their portfolio. If they wade into the messy politics of American reproductive healthcare, their name could become synonymous with abortion. And Patricia remembers. Things were getting pretty hot. There had been people accosted.
1: The extremists were threatening employees at Roussel-Uklaff in Paris in the parking
0: lot. And the folks at Hoechst HQ can see what's happening in the United States.
1: The overwhelming visibility and violence of the anti-abortion extremists who had, among other things, threatened to boycott any company that brought RU-46 into the United States. The parent company in Germany, they were acutely aware of the
0: attacks at the clinics. The prospect of boycotts, the violence. America's just too hostile. And then there's the head of Hookst, Wolfgang Hilgar. And he is personally opposed to abortion. So he doesn't share Sakiza's interest in making the drug widely available. Not at all. Hooks says it's going to stay on the sidelines. They're not going to be submitting an application to the FDA anytime soon.
6: We were more upset than we thought we would be because it was clear from what was said that this was neither a medical nor a scientific decision, but this was a religious decision and a political one. Patricia and Ellie haven't convinced them
0: yet, but like Patricia says, you have to try everything. So they keep going back over the years, keeping the connections warm until the political winds shift in their favor. And it turns out, Larry's had something cooking too.
1: I love the idea of Larry later as the, the Breaking Bad character.
0: That's coming up. Stay with us. Is Meghan Markle like Princess Diana? Or is she just a social climber? I was silent.
3: Were you silent?
0: Or were you silenced? Is she a breath of fresh air? Or a master manipulator? That's what we're going to find out on my podcast, Infamous. Apparently ambition is a terrible, terrible thing. We'll look at what happened when two dysfunctional families came together.
7: It's the family that I suppose she's never had.
0: And how Meghan and Harry going Hollywood all went down. Only on the podcast Infamous. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold? And
7: breathe. You get into ice water, and instead of, like, freaking out, you relax.
0: It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it.
7: I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body.
0: But there's also a dark side.
7: How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method?
0: We can override even death! Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. You can unlock all episodes of Cover Up, ad-free, right now, by subscribing to the Binge Podcast channel. Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series that's all episodes, all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the cover-up show page on Apple Podcasts, or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts.
7: That's probably the first and last time I've received such a call.
0: In the fall of 1992, David Horn is in his office at Columbia University. David's a young assistant professor in the chemistry department. He's just trying to make a good impression and perhaps tenure when suddenly David's phone rings.
7: He called me out of the blue one day. I had never met him or or heard about him.
0: The man says he's looking to hire a chemist for a discreet project. He asked David to meet him at the members-only Harvard Club in Midtown Manhattan. David is confused a little, why me? But he's intrigued.
7: You walk in there, you see the dark mahogany and this huge portrait of JFK.
0: In the grand halls of the 100-year-old Harvard Club, David is greeted by the man on the phone, Larry Later,
7: He appeared to come right out of a Hollywood classic movie, sort of like a Humphrey Bogart-type character in a way. He was a very charming person.
0: Larry has connections everywhere. And one of his contacts at Columbia recommended David, said he's the right guy for this kind of project. The project? Well, Larry wants to make an American version of the abortion pill in secret. And he needs David's help to make it happen.
7: I was a little bit hesitant at first because this could be (laughs) career-ending.
0: Larry's like, look, we're not going to go into the pharmaceutical business. Exactly. See, there's this obscure law. If a foreign company won't make their drug available in the US, an American company can challenge their patent. So I'm thinking if we can show that we can make the abortion pill, maybe we can pressure Roussel Uclef and Hooks to hurry up and bring the pill over themselves. But David says you can't just cook up a pill out of nowhere.
7: You know, there's know how involved, you know, trade secrets, you know, like Coca Cola, what's the recipe?
0: But Larry's not worried. He has a secret of his own. Two of them, actually. The first one? When he and Leona were going through customs earlier that year, Larry squirreled away a second dose of the abortion pill. He had kept this under wraps. We don't know how he did it. We don't know if Leona knew. All we know is that Larry had an extra dose of RU486 hidden on him And he still has it. And the second one?
7: He had several dosages of the Chinese pill.
0: Of course he does. Larry secretly acquired a Chinese version of the pill as well from a professor at Peking Union Medical College in Beijing. How did the professor have it? Well, after RU486 comes on the market in 1988, The Chinese government does what they do, and they ignore the French patent, and they make their own copy of Roussel Uclef's abortion pill, and they safely test it on at least 10,000 women. Now, with both the French and Chinese versions of RU486 in hand, Larry wants David to compare them, confirm the formula, and start making their own copy of RU486, and to Larry, That can move the ball forward a bunch of ways. It pressures Rucelucleff and Hookst to make an application to the FDA. It could result in nullifying their patent, and who knows, maybe his team can be used to help start clinical trials of the drug in the U.S. So that's the plan Larry lays out for David. But David isn't sure he wants this job.
7: There were extremists, you know, terrorists, that would blow up abortion clinics, target providers, it was somewhat risky.
0: And there are other things he has to consider.
7: I didn't know how the department or even the university would react if they knew I was doing this.
0: Larry promises David he'll just be supervising the work. Another scientist will be the one actually making it. And he'll keep his identity secret.
7: I wanted to just keep it quiet. That's the only thing I wanted to do, was just keep it quiet.
0: David thinks about it. He weighs the risks. But he also thinks about the mission.
7: Women should have the moral and medical right to decide on their own bodies, not some government telling them whether they can or not. That was very important to me. And it was important enough for me to, to try to help Larry...
0: David's in.
7: It was a handshake. We didn't know if we were going to be successful or not, but we knew if we didn't try, nothing would happen.
0: And besides?
7: I figured if my career didn't work out (laughs) in Columbia or in academics, well, I'd go find another job somewhere else.
0: But if David is going to do this, prove they have the formula for the pill, he'll need a lab which, thankfully, Larry already has in the works. Actually, he's been working on it for years, before he and Leona got the pill from London and before he met David. How? Well, Larry believed he had found a loophole. There's a New York state law that allows new drugs to be cleared in the state so long as all materials are bought within New York. So Larry's kind of incredible plan was to make the pills himself in New York just enough to use for testing. And that meant he was looking for a lab that could take that on. He called up colleges and universities, but no one wanted to touch it. Larry's backup plan? Let's build our own lab.
7: We kept it as quiet as possible. The lab was just outside the city.
0: But where? I spent hours digging through Larry's old records in the archives at Smith College. And buried deep in an old dusty box filled with hundreds of files, I found what I had been searching for. I wasn't sure if it even existed, and then suddenly here it was. In a manila envelope was the location of this lab, a place that has stayed hidden for three decades.
7: This station is Mamaronek.
0: When Larry's searching for a site for this secret lab, he knows they'll need space and discretion. So he calls an old childhood friend who owns a warehouse in Mamaronek, a picturesque waterfront town about 30 minutes outside of New York City.
7: Without him, this whole thing would never have started.
0: Larry's spot is 500 square feet of raw space sandwiched between a plastics plant and a vintage car mechanic. It's perfect. If they need chemicals or equipment delivered, no one will blink an eye because of the businesses in the area. But it's one thing to find a space. It's an entirely other thing to actually build a lab in a warehouse. And when he shows it to David, David knows it's...
7: Trouble is the perfect word, TJ. He was mainly... Probably think, oh, you know, we just need a garage. (laughs) Just bring in a table to do your chemistry, and out comes the
0: product. But David knows better. You need a sterile space. You need a safe space. You need a space that can handle not just the chemicals you need to synthesize, but all the things that go into storing them.
7: If you work in a chemistry lab, you can't just take the, the chemicals and pour them down the drain. We had to have a special bench top so that if we spilled some solvent somewhere, it's just not going to dissolve.
0: The space has none of this. So Larry's making a lot of calls. His plan to just build a lab is proving to be a lot more difficult than he expected and a lot more expensive.
7: Every time we mentioned something, you know, he was thinking, oh, "I've got to raise another fifty thousand dollars."
0: Larry is constantly begging wealthy philanthropists who support abortion rights for checks. And finally, the lab is ready. All the technical aspects are in place, and they can get started. They just need to call in the person Larry had found to actually make the pills.
7: Doctor X was the boots on the ground.
0: Dr. X, the key ingredient Larry had sourced years ago.
7: Dr. X was the person who was doing the lab work. I would troubleshoot and and analyze data that was coming out of what Dr. X was producing in the lab.
0: Dr. X is a master chemist. He has the skills to make an American copy of RU486. This is the person Larry needs. But... When Larry reached out to him for the first time in 1990, he's working at a research institute 500 miles away from New York. When Larry offers to move him and pay him well, Dr. X says yes, but under one condition. He's extremely concerned about potential anti-abortion attacks, and he wants to remain anonymous— Larry promises to keep his identity hidden forever and gives him the pseudonym Dr. X. I was able to verify his identity. I talked to him on the phone, but he was clear he did not want to be identified in any way. And it's not just Dr. X who wanted discretion. David says that Larry makes him and Dr. X take a vow of secrecy as they work on things in the lab.
7: We're afraid that, you know, the lab would get blown up. And, you know, the last thing you do is you want a chemistry lab to be blown up because it's already got explosive materials inside it with all the flammable solvents and everything else.
0: Dr. X works in the lab for months. The goal is to make an exact replica of the abortion pill, something that could stand up to the rigors of clinical trials. So precision is key.
7: I still have... uh... Dr. X's notebook uh, with all the experiments uh, written down in it. and uh, He and I both signed every page uh, just to have a verifier uh, of the work that was being done. This was so important that we had to make sure we got it right.
0: First, Dr. X compares the RU486 from Leona's stunt with the Chinese version. And he finds that
7: The Chinese pill was indistinguishable from the French version.
0: This is a huge moment. Now that Dr. X has verified the exact chemical composition and formula for RU486, he and David can now reverse-engineer the pill, essentially making their own copy in the lab from scratch. And somehow, they do it. Abortion rights activist
2: Lawrence later hired his own chemist to dissect the French abortion pill, RU486,
1: to make his own version, a version that would win approval in the U.S.
0: Larry has a press conference of his own to announce the good news.
5: This is the first pill we made in our small lab in Westchester County. We knew it had to be done, and we were determined that American women would get it.
0: They produce enough pills for about 60 patients, which is not much. In fact, it's such a small amount that Larry actually keeps some of it in a plastic jar in the refrigerator in his apartment. Or at least that's what a dishy talk of the town write-up says a few months after the press conference. But mass production isn't the goal here. Larry wants to move the needle, to send a message, He shows the public, the FDA, Roussel Euclef, Hookst. Look, we made an American version of the abortion pill. You're not gonna be able to stop us for long. And these pills Larry makes, they're gonna come in handy because the political winds have shifted in a big way.
4: I am pro-choice strong. I hope the right to privacy can be protected and we will never again have to discuss this issue on political platforms.
0: In November of 1992, Bill Clinton wins the presidential election. Days after his inauguration, he announces that he'll make good on a campaign promise.
4: Today I am acting to separate our national health and medical policy from the divisive conflict over abortion.
0: On Bill Clinton's first week on the job, he directs the FDA to review its ban on the abortion
4: pill. Here in the United States, RU486 has been held hostage to politics. It is time to learn the truth about what the health and safety risks of the drug really are.
0: Clinton swings the door open for the possibility of bringing RU486 to America. And that ups the pressure on Roussel Uclef and Hooks to petition the FDA. All the work that Ellie, Patricia, and Larry have put in on all the different tracks finally get the boost they need. There may be a real shot of bringing this drug into the country, right?
5: The more that they pushed
4: the long arm of the law on us and tried to crush the movement, the more they were ensuring that violence was going to happen.
0: Next time on Cover Up, The Pill Plot, as abortion rights activists seem to gain ground, the movement on the right grows enraged.
5: They saw where this was going to end up.
0: She was quietly plotting.
5: They burnt
2: down the clinic at Hollywood and Vine. She drove Wichita.
1: Her friends described it as if a flip had been switched
6: and then she came over on foot towards the clinic entrance. She clutched a white purse very close to her. And then she fled.
0: Cover-up, The Pill Plot, is produced by Sony Music Entertainment. The show is hosted by me, TJ Raphael. Our story editor is Maureen McMurray. Our senior producer is Queena Kim. Our producer is Kesey Georgie. Our associate producer is Kyra Asibe Bansu, along with Gabriela Santana. Our executive producer is Lizzie Jacobs. Sosonia Davenport and Tamika Balance kalazny are our production managers. Theme music and mixing for this show was done by Joanna Catcher of Nice Manners. Additional music comes from APM. Our fact checker is Natsumi Ajisaka. Special thanks to Krista Ripple, Erica Gaida, Serena Chow, Rachel Choder, Catherine St. Louis, Tom Koenig, Steve Ackerman, Ryan Shepard, and Christopher Brown. You can listen to all of Cover Up the Pill Plot by signing up for the Binge and Apple podcasts. And we'd love for you to leave a rating and review while you're there, too. Have a question or comment about this week's show? Send me a tweet at TJRafael. Thanks so much for listening. For Sony Music Entertainment, I'm TJ Raphael.